0: All right, we're going to start, believe it or not. Welcome back to another episode of Just Another Bozo on the Bus. We are here this week with a Bozo roundtable. We're going to go around and introduce ourselves. Uh, Brett, you start, please.
1: Gotta be me. Brett, who Heiner. the hell are you? I'm, yeah, good. Go- I told you, what's this all about? <laughs> uh, Brett Heiner, uh, Lighthouse Support Center.
0: Coaching, Robert. mentoring, and support groups. Perfect. Okay, yes. Yeah. That's important. Sorry, Robert.
2: That's alright. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Simpson, I'm an addiction medicine doc. Welcome.
3: I'm Corey Markisich. I'm the executive director at Wasatch Recovery. So we're
0: we're uh, human beings, officially
1: but that's no excuse <laughs> that should not be our excuse
0: <laughs> well it it may be it may be all right um, today we've got a couple topics we're gonna to be talking about and I want to welcome all our bozo listeners out there we officially are bozos uh, we do our best to um, you know be an example of how to live life and be connected and show up and and be as real as possible and be willing to uh, deal with our shit. So, uh, which is one of the things we're going to talk about today, but we're not going to start out with that. We are going to talk about self-care for professionals and how we find that and get that and what we need to do to make sure we're taking care of ourselves so that we don't end up burned out. Um, but we're going to start with uh, a topic that we were trying to talk about last time, but we did kind of run out of time. And this is the issue uh, that does cause uh, some division in uh, our field. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, the healthcare field, um, people look at it differently and there's a lot of opinions on this. And that is the use of stimulants like Adderall or Ritalin or um, Concerta so on and so forth to be used to treat ADD well, or ADHD now, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether that should be used when people are um, in recovery or not, or in, in treatment, actually, I'll say in treatment, and if whether someone can actually be sober and also taking this medication. Um, and we've talked about this as far as suboxone goes, or subutex, uh, Um but we haven't really touched upon it in this area yet. So I thought this would be a, a good time and a good opportunity to, to break the ice, so to speak, on this, this topic. And with that said, who would like to enter the ring first? (laughs)
2: Because there are a lot of strong opinions about this. I'll I'll have a go because, I mean, it's something that I I struggle with um, nearly daily. Um, So I think the first thing that's important to recognize is that people who have ADHD uh, as adults... So, um, of people who have ADHD as children, about two-thirds of them will have it, uh, continue to have it as adolescents. Mm-hmm. And then of those, about a half will actually continue to meet criteria into adulthood. So, And, and that changes somewhere in their 20s, usually? I mean, Yeah, usually late 20s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so just because somebody had ADHD as a child does not necessarily mean that they still do. So the first thing is uh, establishing a diagnosis. And that can be difficult to do because early recovery <laughs> looks very much like ADHD. <laughs> hmm. Yes,
0: it does. And, and bipolar quite often, too. Yeah. Right. right. And this He's is going to drop that bomb in there just for shits and giggles.
2: All of these labels get applied. Um, and so if I possibly can I try to wait to reassess the situation... If I can get a month, two, three... The longer I can get, the better the data Mm -hmm. is. Here's what we know. Um, One is that ADHD is is really misunderstood. It is not just the kid that can't sit still or is distracted by shiny objects (laughs) or whatever. It is a disorder of inhibitory control. And by that, um, all of the distractibility that one sees is is part of it. But it is also a disorder of inhibitory control in terms of impulse control and emotional regulation, which are two things that are that are pretty key in in the recovery process. Um, so if we have Two disorders of inhibitory control, because addiction would be the other one. The likelihood of having a good outcome, if we don't address the other disorder of inhibitory control, is actually probably reduced. Now the data on that are really controversial, <laughs> um, and and I think it's because you know a. Uh, There's no standardization of approach. Uh, And B, there's no longevity in terms of um, what people look like 6, 12, 24, 36 months later. But um, I'm always afraid of the short acting um stimulants the adderals Mm -hmm. i think that that those um are are probably the most difficult and unfortunately they're the ones that people want because they're the ones that make them feel better immediately and give them a little bit of a a little bit of a giggle Mm -hmm. and um but then they tend to wear off i mean the half life is is 2 or 3 hours and so they usually need to be redosed and so what you have is this response and then drop off mm-hmm. and then redose response drop off which is not uh i think particularly helpful um because they they really do destabilize during those periods um so well, then probably the it's also
0: the it's easily abused. I'm
2: absolutely, say, in, in
0: the short-acting form as well. Not that you can't abuse the long-acting form. Absolutely.
2: Um, the longer-acting forms, I think, can be more useful, um, and uh, in particular, I, I want to be. I don't want to be promoting brands, but of of the long acting formulation. This part of the show is brought to you by. <laughs>
1: Please send your check. Is
2: uh, is 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 Vyvanse. by Vance and and the reason that that is, I think useful that there's long acting forms of Adderall and. They usually either sort of die off at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and then people need a dose of short acting or they extend much too long and you give people insomnia. Um, They're also abusable. You can take the little pellets and do funny things with them and stick them up your nose or in a spoon or whatever. Um, Vivance is very clever because it's attached to a lysine molecule. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can only metabolize lysine at a given rate, mm-hmm. and we really can't alter that and so the that the the lysine molecule prevents the amphetamine from binding to the receptor and so it really is extremely difficult to abuse, and so um that's the direction that, that, that I often tend to go, and I'm having more and more success with it. Um, with what happens, this I particular have, form I of have. stimulant. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's fascinating because if you were to stand up at an ASAM conference and say, I'm, I'm intending to treat this patient with stimulant use disorder with a stimulant, Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd have things thrown at you mm-hmm. and, you know, booed off the stage. <laughs> um, right? Mm. But the fact of the matter is um, I have people who I give moderate doses of vivance to who are six months in recovery, they're getting back to work, their ADHD is impacting their life in meaningful ways, mm-hmm. and... You give them a a moderate dose and titrate. And what they tell me is that I don't think about meth anymore.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And that's a fascinating idea because not only have you sort of solved the the difficulty with ADHD, but you've removed craving for methamphetamine, Mm -hmm. which for me... Is a godsend. I mean, I so wish I had a buprenorphine or a methadone for amphetamine. Yeah.
0: But I mean, isn't there in some ways a, a correlation? Bet- I mean, I, I know it's a, a bit fuzzy here, um, and I can I can a- already hear uh, people throwing things at the, their computer or whatever when I say no. this. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> is that um, the idea that you just explained and described is similar to the idea with, um, you know, subs. I mean, it, it's really the, how we the, got same, there. the same yep. kind. Of, I mean, I'm going to go there because it, it, it is the idea, I mean, especially with something like vivance to that where the lysine is attaching to the receptor sites and only releasing so much of yeah. the amphetamine, which is kind of what. You know, Suboxone or, or Subutex right. can do. Right. Um, I'm I'm not saying it's the same because I realize that um, we're comparing. You know, in its most one of its most powerful forms, um, uh, uh, heroin um, to. Um, You know to subutex there's definitely a difference between them yes but i'm kind of throwing it all together when i say that can can a a stimulant be used in the same way if it's prepared in such a way that it can help somebody get through that period um in treatment or in life uh you know where they are it's being used as a medication assisted treatment or um, you know I Should th- I just lay down now and no, I, I, and uh, be trampled by turtles or
3: something? <laughs> I think
0: <laughs> I, I, reference I, to a bluegrass band, by the way.
3: like <laughs> I think. No, I, I agree, mean I think that actually that's where some people in our field, you know, get stuck on it too, mm-hmm. because they do lump it like, oh, it is like buprenorphine, or it is you know a crotch or whatever you know whatever they want to say, and and again even like when we talked about buprenorphine you know a while ago I had to change my own views on it and kind of sit back and learn about it and and that's where I'm at with this too kind of the same same journey because you know it's hard when I when I see somebody that came in and they were using meth or coke or whatever and then they have graduated and moved on and they're you know life and working and doing whatever and then I see them, and all of a sudden I see that they've lost a lot of weight, and, you know, and then I start talking to them and find out that, oh, yeah, you know, my doctor, I'm, I'm a little bit of Adderall, or I'm this, I'm that. And and I'll, I'll be honest, my gut instantly is like, you know, because yeah. freaks me out, because, yeah. you know, and... and and, and again, I'm not the the medical doctor, so I can't say this and that. But
0: no, it's so an opinion.
3: You yeah, can say that, it, we, that's we just can't prescribe it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> But I have, so. but, but then, you know, taking a step again, I, I have seen it help. I, I mean, there's there's one person in my mind right now that that was a mess in treatment. <laughs> I mean, he was he's an awesome guy, but he just ADHD, adult ADHD, full blown and he just cracked me up because i always see him he'd bounce off the walls and then I saw him a couple months after treatment and he, he had gone to his doctor and he's, he's been I think he is on five ounce if I remember right that's what he told me and it's funny because he came in and everyone thought he was using because he was calm <laughs> and he was on task and he's like hey guys and, and, and that's when he told us and he had lost some weight and everything and you know a lot of people were like oh my gosh he's falling off the wagon but I'll tell you right now it's probably been three, maybe going on four years, and he's he's clean. He's working. He's he's yeah. he's doing great. Yeah. And and so you know, and it's I think it's just hard because then we also see the other people that come in and they're like, "If you just give me Adderall, I'm going to be fine." I'm
2: Like, right. no. <laughs> right. And this is uh, I mean, or, or is, a line of meth. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, I'm just so give d- me some
3: meth. <laughs> I'll make it. I promise.
2: <laughs> I I I have seen both of those yeah. um, I, I have to admit that there there are people that I have tried that and then of course Vyvanse isn't enough Yeah, and I really just the only one that's ever worked for me is Adderall which mm-hmm. is sort of like right. you know going in the ER the, the only pain medicine that's ever worked for me is Dilaudid you know and, <laughs> and um, you know and so I, I've, I've seen it work well, and I've seen it be an absolute disaster. And I think this is the difficulty, is that we don't yet know who is who. Right. right. And, um, and, 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 you know, the key question is always, how is it affecting your life? I mean, the fact that you have the diagnosis is one thing. Mm -hmm. But how does it affect your life? How, you know, functionally? Are you someone who's being called into the boss's office because you're, you know, you're losing your tools and you're not finishing your job or, you know, you you don't get uh, all the numbers put in? Or is it just that you have the diagnosis and then the other part is the emotional regulation one of the things that I see in when it works well is that people find their ability to regulate emotion is improved they don't have these sort of mood swings that are inexplicable Um, they have less anxiety and so there's more to it than just the can you pay attention and finish mm-hmm. the job? Um,
0: well, then I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a straightforward question that I think you've already answered. But so is this a bit of a crap shoot in some ways from being from the, the medical di- uh, diagnosing and prescribing end of it that you don't really know uh, until you try it? Or I mean,
2: it is, it is a bit of a crap shoot. Um, but I think there's there's other parts. I mean, if again, if if I have somebody who um, has ADHD, often the emotional regulation part is is really prominent. Uh, it clearly is affecting their lives in a negative way, and most importantly they are also engaged in uh recovery in a really meaningful way mm-hmm. um because Vivance is not going to make their amphetamine addiction <laughs> no. disappear
0: so I, I, mean, I have a little uh, a little um, experience with uh, an adolescent client that I worked with for about eight months last year maybe six months um who uh was on Um They had been taking it during the week, which I always thought was fascinating. Um, they preferred not to take it. Right. Um, and so when Friday, I mean, when fr- Saturday morning rolled around, they stopped taking it for two days. Monday morning would come. So they took it during the school year. Mm. They didn't take it during the summer either. Mm. You know, mm. um, but it really affected their appetite. I mean, and and I don't remember the dose that they were on, but it did affect their appetite. So he would, I mean, he explained to me that um, around six thirty, seven 7 o'clock in the evening, he would take a couple of hits off, you know, the weed and and get a little bit of an appetite and uh, eat dinner because he maybe often skipped lunch too. And that was his self medicated uh, regime that he went right. through during the school week. Right. And, and, uh, and stopped on weekends. Right. And also stopped in the summer, which I always thought was a little strange for. An, I called him, I think of him as an adolescent, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a certain level of self awareness around this. Mm-hmm. So I, it surprised me, first of all. That he had so much self-awareness, but that that, that was his routine. Yeah. And I saw him for a number of, uh, of other issues that he was working on as far as relational dynamics and some disassociation that was happening. But it wasn't, it wasn't tied to the medication, mm. as far as I could
2: tell. Mm. I always recommend patients <clears throat> who are taking stimulants of any sort to take breaks if they can not take it on the weekend, uh, if there are periods of time where they feel as though they can can go without it. And the main reason for that is that uh, it reduces uh, tolerance. And so you don't have do- uh, dose escalation mm-hmm. occurring. Right. My concern with a 15-year-old who's losing weight and has no appetite would be is he overdosed? Mm-hmm. I mean, I—he seemed to sleep well at night. Was which,
0: what's which, right? I mean, the first question I asked him, um, but he didn't have much of an appetite, and he was thin. I yeah. mean, in, according to his, you know, medical doctor that, um, who actually had prescribed this to him, but seemed to have some experience with it. Um, he felt okay about that, but I think I don't know if he was completely honest. I can't remember at this time if he sure. was completely honest sure. with using cannabis as a way to cre- you know use appetite. Now, in all honesty, he was also using cannabis occasionally on weekends with his friends. So I'm not going to say it was just purely um, you know to right. increase appetite. You know, right. medically.
3: Well, right. I think it brings up the topic. I mean, we probably jumped ahead to talking about it in treatment first, but I think. I mean, Adderall or, st- I should say, stimulants, you know, use as, as a kid or adolescent mm-hmm. is definitely, I think, a, an issue that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, and I, I don't know enough about all of it, to be honest. I just know what I see in treatment.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And when I do assessments and do the history of people and, you know, learn about it. And and it, it's crazy. I mean, and I don't know if it's because it's the personalities that we meet that have taken it but i mean most of the people that i meet in treatment took it as an adolescent or as a child something Hmm. and it's you know i've even had times in group where i've we've talked about it and you know we'll ask you know and see who has and almost everyone has raised their hands (laughs) right and and it's you know interesting too because then most of them all abused it you know, which again, I don't know. It's just because the hated, population or, hated, or hated, it. hated it or hated it or yes, hated yes. it,
2: yeah. and usually the ones that hated it actually do have ADHD, mm, right? And the ones that abused it <laughs> don't. didn't, yeah.
0: And <laughs> right. if, likes, it, if like it makes you it tired,
1: yeah, it's working, right? <laughs>
0: well, well it's and work. it's often probably used. And I think you, this is a really important point. But it, it's you know, I, I this idea that it it gets used to treat some level of anxiety what's actually children experience is anxiety sure. I mean, instead right. of you know, misdiagnosed
3: well, stuff yeah because right. i i agree i mean i i mean go on netflix there's like four specials on just adderall right or, you know I mean, right. and i mean if you've gone to any college campus it's it's like it's so normal i mean it's i, I was Finals are coming up. Right. I mean and (laughs) I I was actually this is a true story. I was at Instacare a couple years ago, sitting there with my kid, and it's you know, I think it was like a Sunday or something. I'm sitting there and waiting with my sick kid and this they call up a name, you know, and the kid goes up and I'm sitting pretty close to the 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 desk so i'm totally breaking HIPAA and like listening to this you know kid, and because he's not with his parents okay i mean this is a kid he's probably 15 16 years old and i see him walk up and he's signing the papers and and the lady said okay so you know what's going on what do you need to be seen for and he said well i he flat out said i need to talk to the doctor about getting some Adderall, and i'm like you know, my ears go right up. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's why I'm listening. And then so I'm like, and then and the the lady kind of stops typing and just looks up out of her glasses. And she said, "Excuse me." And he said, "Yeah, I I'm having a, a problem at school and." I, I think it'll help. And so I, I need to get some Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked around like, is someone a joke on me? This uh, is this <laughs> a, a hidden it's camera? A, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. But then, you know, he went back and I don't know what ended up happening after that, but it's a performance enhancing. Yeah. substance. Well, <laughs> but, but it, you know, it's when we meet people in treatment and we go through the list of, you know, substances they've been abusing. They'll tell us everything, blah, blah, blah. And I, Always have to ask. Have you been using any Adderall? You've been using. Right, right. Oh, oh yeah, I right. use that. But it's like something that, like everything else, is an abusable substance, but this one's over here. And oh, oh I forgot about that. I guess I, maybe I should have told you about that. Because it helps you know? me function. Right, and good. and they get right. they get, you know, whatever you know, right. what it is, and so that that's where I get torn because, you know, I I've, I've have this kind of thing where i'm always battling people with it and then when they go in and months later say oh yeah i'm i'm on i'm on some stimulant to help me out my gut does tighten up for them because i'm like right. is that but then yeah i don't know i mean because like with buprenorphine it it helps sometimes mm, sometimes
1: Well, it, it's interesting and robert you got a lot of information i mean the vivance that sounds um uh, interesting i mean it uh I didn't. I didn't quite know how they uh, time release, but um, that sounds like it would be a um, uh, appropriate if you're if you're going to go that way. the mm-hmm. The thing that I was right at the very beginning, we we're talking about uh, sobriety and recovery. Yeah. Right, they're two different things, yeah. and, and 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 so. I was, I was thinking about that position and, and with the kids and school. I mean, there's so much data and um, information out there that schools are not set up to support the individual. I mean, it, get, it goes against our uh, our natural clocks. You know, you get young boys that are getting up early that their their natural rhythm isn't to be up until noon right, right. and my, my i wish my dad was still alive to hear this right like yeah. <laughs> the time he's saying get out of bed it's noon. uh and uh well, i'm sure he heard it from thank you dad point. yeah yeah <laughs> no because I, I mean it was a good idea back then but so but, but even with the jobs right like um and i take this from alan watts um and some of the um youtube videos that i've been watching from him so i want to give credit but the, the idea that um, that something's wrong with the individual, whether it be a, a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, something's wrong, and we immediately go to that because they're not conforming to to the society norm, and and it maybe it may not be a good idea. And even somebody that's early recovery, struggling with work, and and I know that's not you know, and I know you personally that you do as much research with them as you can. It's interesting, like well, I can't do my job unless I have it. Did you? Did it ever occur? You're doing the wrong job, right? Like, um, um, maybe seriously. I mean, be an accountant. yeah, an accountant, and and you're an artist. You know, I mean, do we look at this? You know, we keep that thinking. Good... You know, how do we get you to to fit into society? Right. How do we? How do we? Uh, you know, continue to support you to make as much money as you can, and you know all these things instead of really work with the person. Now, I'm, I'm just throwing it out because I think that's an important part of this. It's not yeah. just how do I function and and um, and is something wrong with it. Um, it may not be the individual. It may be um, the what they're system. doing in their you're, life.
0: You're going for the system. I got you. Yeah, and cool. so oh, and, and, well, and it, not
1: going for it, but just I mean, understanding that. Point. Oh, I can't, you know, my job's too stressful if I don't have this. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not the right job. And and that would go to early recovery right. when prescribing us. Well, oh, i got to have this to, to be able to do this. Well, why don't you just do with what you can now? Right. Get stabilized, uh, function, you know. And I, I remember hearing early in recovery, you only have one thing you have to do, right, today. Or I think I even heard of the, you know, the first year you have one thing that you have to do. Everything else is optional and that's just stay sober right and um and if if that's the case then it could be the job isn't the right job or the you know uh the curriculum that you're doing so um but i'm not opposed to it either i mean I, when i no, hear I about think, what you're talking i think
2: is completely valid right i mean I, I you know perhaps you were miscast in the play
1: yeah Right, <laughs> yeah, or you miscast yourself because right. you thought you wanted money instead of happiness, right? right? right. Yeah, and 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 ultimately, happiness
0: or I, yeah, oh, it
1: does, or the girl or the yeah. boy or the whatever yeah. it
3: is. Oh, it doesn't, okay. <laughs> okay <I've> had <laughs> I had a kid this week that that exact same thing happened where he mm-hmm. said, You know, I got fired from my job, and he and he had a very good job, I mean, it was a professional job, and he said to me, You know, I I'm coming to treatment and I don't have a job. And I got fired from my job two weeks ago. And I I looked up and I said, well, you know, you're going to go back, you know, because it was a profession. Like it's a thing that he has. And he said, you know, when I got fired, of course it sucks. I got fired. But he said, I was so relieved. And he said, I went home and I was like, I hated doing that. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it was that, and it was a busy, stressful thing. And. I honestly don't think he'll go back. I mean, it was one thing where he mm-hmm. let himself down the road, and all of a sudden, you know, five years down the road, he's like, "Oh, I guess this is what I do." Mm-hmm. And it's not—he—he's not that type of person. What he's doing, he's just not. Well, it plays into stole his soul. Mm-hmm. We
2: were talking at one point about this sort of you know dissonance between who we, who we, who we are, and who we. Think we ought to be, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, many problems, you know, grow out of that. I mean, I, I had a a session that lasted a couple of hours with a chap yesterday who was fifty four who, um, was was drink. His his pattern was to go to a job that he loathed. He initially liked it, but things have changed because of the internet and 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 really, he valued relationships with clients, and now it was just sort of who could get him the stuff the cheapest, and and he'd become furious in, uh, at his work, and and his method of coping with that was to was to to drink, and um, you know, at one point I said, you know, that we sort of. Got into the roles versus identity things, and I said, "Well, mm. tell me who who is you know call him John, who who is John? I mean, how would you describe yourself?" And he mm. and he he said, "Well, I'm I'm kind. I think I'm thoughtful, and I think I'm I'm quite generous, and I, I'm somebody who's you know quite determined and." And he'd put his girls through college and he'd helped his wife build her business. And and I said, so how do you reconcile these things you're telling me now with this furious guy who really has found the only solution is to stop at the liquor store on the way home and drink till you black out? Because mm-hmm. those things seem very dissonant to me. Mm-hmm. And... um. You know, it was kind of a, one of those things where it sort of took a minute to metabolize for him, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a minute. He, he, yeah. He's still working on it, right? <laughs> Chewing on it. <laughs> he, yeah. Well, that's that
0: really placed to your point, Brad, is that trying to, you know, the idea of taking maybe a child who's overactive that doesn't necessarily fit into uh, the school system as we'd like them to um, right. and you know they're supposed to be in this room you know sitting at this desk and right. doing these assignments and not everyone's wired for that we know that 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 uh, I mean the, the research has shown for decades and decades now that some kids don't learn that way mm-hmm. and that it requires revamping the whole system but the the idea of doing that mm-hmm. or the cost of doing that uh, it's a lot cheaper i mean i'm oh yeah i uh, when i when i was I did a class just on a d h d when I was getting my um, marriage and family uh, therapy uh degree, and it talked about the numbers and how they had changed over you know in the last twenty years and the prescriptions that were being given to children mm-hmm. and and um that i mean we see the same kind of thing that happened in, in a way i don't want to compare them but they're because they were really different as far as the application goes but the the opiate epidemic the numbers of prescriptions that were happening that kind of built up to to that um you see the same kind of thing when you oh, look we at we
2: have the, a stimulant epidemic we do have a yeah. stimulant make epidemic. no mistake mm-hmm.
0: so we're just going to say that and, and and that it and that it was created to tr- you know initially it started well no it didn't start there it started with uh Appetite control <laughs> is where it started, maybe originally. Right. I think mm-hmm.
1: um, the fenfen fin thing.
0: <laughs> well, it started even before that. No, um, oh. yeah, I'm going back just to the straight old good old cross top days. Dexedrine, you know, um,
2: uh, right?
0: You know, you spill the pie cross tops. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a hundred for you know mm-hmm. ten, twenty bucks, and you know that Mini was many things, huh? Many over these,
1: the counter. Things, yeah. yeah, asthma relief.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I remember hey, that back. I ago. remember deserts and mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Well but, and, and today though, I mean, absolutely we got coffee, now we got the red bull you know, or let's not use names, but the energy drinks, right? Oh, like yes.
2: I, I, I mean got, we we are we are breeding a I mean, so so I told you the embarrassing story about
1: crashing my truck. We well, weren't gonna everybody mention it. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> you mean but, the with the park car. <laughs> but the, Exactly. <laughs> okay, you brought it up.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I mean the fact <laughs> of the matter is we are we are breeding <clears throat> attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. We, we we have children who, you know, go to school and then they have piano and then there's, you know, soccer practice and then You know, the next day there, there's you know swimming, and then there's you know endless video time uh, Mm -hmm. in between, and there's little play outside and socialization, and rice, and
1: And then there's so you talk about tolerance build up, right? Yeah, there's no boredom, right?
0: Like I mean, or or they're not they're not allowed to appreciate. Silence, or, right? You know, right. We, mm. You know, this will lead into our se- second subject. Well, but, but yeah, you know, it, right. it, it is an epidemic.
1: Right? It is. Right. It, it, it is possible. I mean, it, it, it goes back and, and just to the to the point about um, the right job or is it school? And and you can revamp the system, or or families, you know, at some level can take over. You know, we keep asking the system to fix our kids. Right. And and it might be a good idea to 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 try to do that, you know, as parents, and use the system to do that, right? I'm and sure and if a way, kid's struggling but... in school, I mean, that that was my story. I um, you you know, uh, a desk in the hallway, and or in the coat room, you know, for fourth grade, and 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 I joke about it, but. Um, if I look back, it was, it's funny. You know, thank gosh I was Somehow ADD like and impulsive, and not my fault. So you sense. know, I'm ADD. Put me in the cold closet with all the desserts in their lunch boxes. You know, not my fault. Um, but there is we, you know, we're talking about how do how do we address this, right? Um, I think at the the base, at the core of the family, and and if we can encourage people that that you know. To, to at least attempt to, to, to start that change and use the system to support the family, not just the individual, into doing that. Um, the,
0: and, and we're also talking, um, I mean, if we're going to go there, which is great, but then also this has to do with, you know, um, financial stability within families, too. You have mm-hmm. people working, you know, uh, two jobs, Right. Um, and you know they they don't they don't they don't know how to go about this, how mm-hmm. to change the system necessarily, so it becomes easier to just you know and then the teacher comes along, I mean a lot of this, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna get right to this that the a <laughs> lot of the suggestions come from the school themselves. it there comes you. from a teacher or someone in the school that says... Your child should look at going on medication because I think they have ADT or ADHD. I, I had a
3: family member that exact same thing happened mm-hmm. and i I heard about it mm-hmm. and it was it was one of my, my nephews and I was like a Teacher said that? Like, it happens all the time. Like, well, Specifically said your son needs to be medicated because he can't pay attention. Because I can't control him.
0: Yeah. That's the key. That's right. the key. It's disruption
2: in class, and they become the scapegoat for and, the system. And the truth of the matter is that if they had ten students in the class, it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, I had this mm-hmm. conversation right. last year, and the teacher said, Look, I have thirty-two children in my class, and I said Well, look, you signed up for the job, love. Right. So I'm sorry. (laughs) But that's your reality. Mm -hmm. That does not necessarily mean that we need to follow
3: your medical advice. Mm -hmm. I I actually think, you know, going back to the, we were talking about abuse, I think that's where a lot of this happens because there are some. That take it like you said and it works for them and and they don't like that but the ones that accident i mean can you imagine if you're 13 years old and your teacher says hey you know you need to be on this and so the parents go and get it give it to you and all of a sudden you're like this is some good shit, Mm. right (laughs) and and whether you're i mean we know how addiction works whether you know you got anxiety trauma whatever and that right time that you know meets you and all of a sudden That melts away and you feel this, you know, quote, quote, normal. Right. And, I mean, that sets you on a path of, of, I mean, that's when I get to meet you later in life. mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh,
0: So I can can feel more part of the system, you know, through... um, Modern chemistry. I mean, I, you know, I, right? You know, but
1: that is, is the system, that is the system now. That is the better, better living through better chemicals. Living through chemistry. And this,
2: this is one of the things that I think is so fascinating about addiction, and makes me think that you know we're really sort of kind of cavemen in terms of our understanding of what's going on. Is that there is this lock and key, you mm-hmm. know. I look after people who will step over a pile of heroin to to get to the uh, crystal meth, mm-hmm. right? And vice versa. Mm-hmm. And 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 so you know this i this idea of you know addictions, addictions, addiction mm-hmm. starts to fall apart there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's yeah. not true.
0: It, that used to be the model. And mm-hmm. it still exists in a lot of places. Lot and that's where this reasons. conversation, that's really where the basis of this conversation is, is, you know, can stimulants be used? I mean, the part of it is where we started, Can it, or I did anyway, can it be used to, as medication-assisted treatment? And right. is, can it be effective in that? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the... The, it's not it's it can't be all you know it's either can't be all or nothing I yeah. it just it doesn't work that way yeah it's like the idea that abstinence is the only way i mean that that is has its insanity associated with it too it does because it it there's some people that have have probably their qualities of life have gotten much better and i mean even the data has shown this Um, that, you know, having some, a certain amount of treatment and, uh, you know, certain amount of support systems and gone through even, you know, this is older, older, some older research, but showed even people that attended, you know, AA for, you know, six months, um, their quality of life changed. They, they may not have stayed, you know, abstinent, but things changed in their lives. Not, not everyone, but there's a certain percentage of people that do get better.
3: Right.
0: And then is that Okay. Or is it abstinence or nothing?
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we, people in treatment that do that, I mean, they leave after a month and, like, I get shit out of this place. And bullshit.
0: Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I
3: don't care if you sit <laughs> with your hands over your ears the entire time, yep. something still seeps in there. Yeah. You're going to at least get a resentment. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to at
1: least be <you>, pretty. <laughs> yeah. So, right. So, <laughs> I mean,
2: the, kill we, it. the example of this that, is, that for me is. is is so classic is the use of extended release naltrexone for alcoholics mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. idea being that uh, receptors are blocked they crave alcohol less and, and if they do drink it's not particularly rewarding and mm-hmm. I have a lot of people I look after mm-hmm. who are, who are black out, shades down don't eat anything for a month handles of vodka strewn about the floor who get Vivitrol. Sorry, name, name brand again. <laughs> name brand. Um, this part of the
1: program. Well, is but they're going out of business, <laughs> so you can talk about it. And,
2: uh, <laughs> and, they, and they have a couple of drinks and they look like normal drinkers because there's sort of no reward and it's sort of becomes almost an excel uh, a self extinguishing behavior or or perhaps they can just have a glass of wine with their spouse at dinner mm-hmm. i mean is 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 that a problem you know
0: no it's not a problem right mm-hmm. in, in, at I least mean, in my
2: my world what
0: what it becomes a problem is when they can't stop or they begin to disconnect and they lose those relationships. Right. I think and I always base this upon the quality of, of that person's life and the quality of their connection.
3: That's it. Yeah. Well, that's the, it. the negative consequences that come from it. I mean, and that's how we define addiction is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, are there continued negative consequences despite right. yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. not doing it? I mean, if I keep having a glass of wine at night and all of a sudden I get a DUI, a problem
0: well right yeah if you get in the car but that's what i mean if you get in the car after drinking that's that's a problem i mean straight out
2: but i I just i I love the fact that Brett brings up this you know that sobriety and recovery are often used as synonyms Mm -hmm. and and i i believe that less and less Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact i don't believe it at all (laughs) um (laughs) You know that they they're very different things and um, And I think it's really important that we start to kind of look at it that way
3: Um, I Think the it comes from old-school AA I mean, it's the absent and you know yeah, I've been yeah, haven't done anything for 30 years, but you're still a dry drunk i mean right <laughs> yeah I, I like some of that old school I've, I've been dying to say
1: this one how about this when when we first started it, it's uh well your body doesn't know the difference if you get it from the drug dealer or the doctor right and i've said that a hundred and plus times oh i said it you know and yeah. um
0: i'd say a thousand brad i think uh, that, i think you're underestimating the amount
1: of oh that. yeah I, I'll, I'll agree it's a lot yeah <laughs> Um, But it's, uh, you know, specifically with the stimulants, I've, you know, told people, and that's the, um, you know, my drug of choice at at, uh, when the crash and burn and then the recovery started with stimulants. And so um, for me, even though I was undiagnosed, ADD or ADHD, I mean, it was obvious, right? Right. Like um, the first time that that (laughs) I tried a stimulant, I went... Wow, Putting okay now in it makes the sense that it
0: schools you know yeah, yeah. No, but but even further than that you
1: know it yeah. was um, so, it, it was like okay. yeah, you try a stimulant you know a, not just you know a coca-cola or, or caffeine mm-hmm. and and uh, when the world looks different right there's that's something you know and I and I remember at nineteen going, wow, I better stay away from this right, right? and it was Coke and it was uh, my first first go out at it, first drug other than alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew it was going to be a problem because it did something significant, you mm-hmm. know, calm me down. But I think the uh, even in the stories we're talking about is uh, especially with alcohol, and you mentioned this idea we want to be related, and and so people, you know. Um, they start using because they, you know, they want that relatedness. They want the, the connection, connection. Yeah. Yeah. you know, the, and safety, really. I mean, why do we belonging. want to connect? It's about it's, belonging. It's so that we don't think we're going to get kicked off this planet, you know. Um, and but anything overdone creates its opposite, right? Like so it, in, in your story, of that gentleman it's like, well, I used to love my job, but it's it's now it's not a related process. So what does he do? He drinks alcohol, which is the unrelater. Right, like it gives you the courage for that first bit, but when overdone, it you can't relate. Right, right. I mean, it's such a silly drug. I mean, it's you know, w- with all the options out there, <laughs> um, it must be convenient because it really is not a very good drug. Well,
2: I think he, you know, yeah, he, he's just he's a fellow who's you know a very sort of uh, has had a fairly ordinary life in terms of. You know, going to Mm -hmm. university, finding out he was quite good at selling things, having this job he's had for thirty years, Mm -hmm. and has really never touched anything else, Mm -hmm. and has built up this sort of fury and hatred of his of his job and Mm -hmm. and these things, and and it's it's the it's the antisocial you know go away go away drug yeah.
1: Well, it sounds like, and we've talked about this—the midlife crisis, or the right. you know significance of 15 years for for boys and men—is once again. Now we're looking at it. Oh, you got an alcohol addiction. That might not be. You know, that's just a symptom. It could be that there's uh, a life change, right? Like the right. the right. his energy, the energy, of the gods, you know, whatever that is, is is saying, look, you're miserable because. You've done this for 30 years but you there's a part of you that wants to go find something else. Right. And and then we go, "Oh, you're struggling because you have alcoholism." And so we get them compliant and treated so that they can go back to their mundane job and keep making money and right. you know, keep in the system and that it <laughs> right, we keep saying that the drugs are a bad thing. I think the drugs are pointing to Something that's that's going on in us. Right? The drugs
3: are the symptom. That and that—that's what I've been like try, trying to get to. Which actually, and on our other topic that we're going to cover, kind of goes into that too. Is you know, I think because of society and because of how things are, you know, we feel something's wrong. Midlife crisis, whatever. Hmm. We instantly lean towards I need something. You know, X-term. I mean, right? I I need to feel better. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep doing those things, line. that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this yeah, is a line. shitty situation. I need to feel better, right. and and sometimes you, you need to feel shitty. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we need to go through shitty things, mm-hmm. and so and it it, it sucks yeah. and it hurts. But sometimes you need to to get through that, and and you know, you know, I, I know a lot of people that are in our that we meet. I mean the pain and the suffering and everything that they're going through. I mean they just want to go away instantly. Right. And I don't blame them because yeah, of them me are too. Going through, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know suffering I mean, sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's well, and it's not fun. And the but,
0: hopelessness that surrounds it, yeah. and and the and the self loathing that comes from it as well. Especially, I mean if. I know this, this gets coined a lot, but, you know, if you don't like yourself, you know, I mean, we use the word love a lot. But if you don't like yourself and you, there's a lot of self-loathing and helplessness, it's difficult to get anything done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's difficult mm-hmm. to move, you know, into, you know, be- becoming or belonging with, yeah. with the people because, you know, if I don't like myself, who's going to want to hang out right. with me, you know? Right. And well, you
3: got to find the things that make you... That, that make you happy, or that give give you enjoyment. Everyone's different, and and you know I've been, and I actually talked to you. I think a little while ago. I mean, reading the book about you know the the lost connections book. Oh yeah, 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 Johan, oh, yeah, Harry's
0: yeah, his follow up.
3: Yeah. yeah, and he's kind of been on a um a podcast kind of. March this past, this past couple of months, he's been <laughs> hitting all the, you know, the podcast. Yeah. And so heard a lot of him speaking and his, his thing is, you know, that, I mean, he took antidepressants and all kinds of medications as, as when he's younger. And then later in life stopped taking them and has gone like this health route, you know, I mean, gone all these, all these, you know, health nut stuff. And, and his argument is that, you know, he's, he's feeling better now. Mm-hmm. But then also, I mean, like you were saying, I mean, he, he's gotten older. He's gotten smarter. He's he's done more healthy things. He even makes a comment in, in one of his books or on a podcast, one of them, and how he loved fried chicken. Is that in the book or was that in a podcast? I can't remember. But he ate it every day, like just ate it every day. And he was so sick and he was so overweight and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm, I'm sitting there listening to him, and now he's very healthy and he's trying to do all these things. And I'm thinking, you know you were just an unhealthy dude you know back then and now he's had this enlightenment and he's he, he's definitely not like a happy person he still struggles with depression and anxiety and things but he's learned th- to deal with some things and he's learned to that sometimes it just sucks mm-hmm. and it does sometimes yeah. it, it really does suck and, and I think when we run to at least for me I mean if I'm always trying to mask all that I mean, that's how we get in trouble you know and then all of a sudden it unloads and you've got all these things happening and you've been right. you know running from all these emotions and these feelings you got to feel happy and you got to feel sad you got to have both sides
2: well and it's rare i think that we we ever reach a, a readiness to change through through you know feeling all right or having <laughs> having a you know a a, 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 a generally happy uh, experience it's unfortunately at least for, for most of the people I meet it's it's having something you know exquisitely painful happen yeah. that brings them to a point at which there's readiness for change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know and so we sort of chatted this gentleman and I said look you know okay you're 52 and your wife's Got her business put together And your girls are through college Maybe it's time to just meet Who you really are okay. Um and, and And sort of make friends with that person Because It seems as though you, You've, you've you sort of Made yourself an enemy In this somehow <laughs> Right you have been devoted to your
1: wife and kids mm-hmm. and maybe it's your turn now yeah. it is right i mean based on what i'm doing personally and working with people it's um when you hit that age and you've had that success it really is a a, a time now to find out who you are right and 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 to um you know you we've been out competing you know men and and it's uh it's competitive for sure so um i think that age that you know and i don't know where it's at now for me i'm 55 and it's a good time for that but it's letting go of all the identities letting go of of the have-tos and the shoulds and the should nots and reestablishing um my own locus of control right and and um not that you you know to run amok and not have any rules, but the ones that I follow are mine. And but we always get, you know, it gets messy. Like Corey was saying, you know, you got to have this. Uh, people don't tend to, when it's uncomfortable, make you know significant life changes because it's scary, really scary. Yeah. And so it takes Art. something dramatic. And it's almost well, I'll just you know unconsciously I'll just keep drinking until nobody can stand to be around me. And until I have no other choice but to take a look. And, right.
0: and, and, of course, that will prove that I'm really not such a great person anyway. So all yeah. that, that hopelessness <laughs> and doubt I have will be proven to be <laughs> true. Yeah. I've by got by to everyone. figure out a way to prove my, my, my loneliness. i
1: right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. would rather be right than happy.
0: I'd rather be right than happy. Yeah. But there's another part of that, too, that this, the, the problem exists within um, the idea that... Uh, that recovery is all I mean which is what you were talking about that recovery is always about being happy joyous and free right. and, and and that's a misnomer and it's bullshit right. because right. it's mm-hmm. not because that's like gonna it, have well, shitty days yeah right but, but being humans about being happy joyous and free um, I, I don't know anyone that thinks that way I mean mm-hmm. the, I'm sure there's some people right. with this the, the, the spiritual notion that that's what the way it's supposed to be but you know that is they're that's be a very disappointing. It's very yeah.
1: disappointing. <laughs> yeah, they're not
0: true. <laughs> I mean, with, without having without without yeah. pain, there's very little movement that happens. Right, pain you is, can't
3: have happiness with joy without joy. You can't have joy without happiness. You you or mm-hmm. without pain, you need mm-hmm. to have both sides. Yeah. You know, but and,
0: don't you think don't you think we're we're teaching um, at, at times I, I think this happens within, in, in in certain forms of treatment that we're teaching people that that's what they're supposed to be striving for right. when really ultimately it's it's about learning how to be uncomfortable right. it's about learning to be okay when I'm in pain learning to, when I'm uncomfortable or I feel awkward right. or you know I'm I, I feel disconnected and in, instead of like looking at, at that as the, the problem yeah. necessarily I, like I always it. try
3: to tell people when they're in treatment, that you know, when they're nearing the end, that and they're feeling great and they're happy and you know, all oh, my life, you know, family's loving me and blah Yeah, and I always tell, I always make it a point to tell them, hey, look, you know, you can still get laid off from your job, your wife can still get in a car accident, your kid can get an illness, like shit's gonna happen.
0: Yeah,
3: And life, life life's gonna, gonna happen, and you need, you know, the good thing is, is you are now. Almost not when you leave treatment, but you're getting there. You're almost equipped to deal with some of these things, mm-hmm. and you don't need to stuff them. But you're going to. I mean, that's why I love like outpatient setting because people mm-hmm. come in yeah. at night and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I got no work today, and they laid me off." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, well. That sucks. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Let's,
1: let's give you a drug test and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: where did yeah. you go after? I love that, though. Yeah. The change <laughs> the
1: uh, curriculum uh, from, you know, how to teach our kids how to succeed to how to fail better. You know, like, and still hold on to yourself. Right. I mean, that that does make sense. Yeah, it does. Um, the right. The value of
3: a skin's knee yeah. 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 Right. Well, and I just came from a soccer game for my kids' soccer game, and they got their ass kicked. I mean, it, right. was, it was brutal. And, and, you know, all the parents <laughs> saw on our sideline are pissed off at the refs and everyone's mm-hmm. mad. And, yeah. and, and A
0: lot of victim narrative there, yeah. right? Oh,
3: you missed that call. I'm like, we're getting beat five to one. It doesn't matter. You <laughs> yeah, know, right. but, but as I'm sitting, I'm, I had to leave, you know, about 10 minutes early. And so I'm I'm walking back to my car. I get in the car and I'm watching them play as I drive away. And I'm thinking, you know. I would much rather have them lose and get beat, and no, I, I guess I'm just a dick, but I would, I'd rather this happen because I know my my kid's not going to the MLS, and he's definitely not going to play over somewhere in, mm-hmm. <laughs> overseas. Right. You know, he might play in high school if we're lucky, but I I I love that he's learning all this stuff. You know, I'm not thinking that I mean, all these people are just complaining about this and that, and I'm like. Right it doesn't matter like the the best lesson today is they're getting beat yeah and they're gonna come home and they're gonna be okay you know yeah (laughs) It's still play hopefully still like being playing soccer these kids are out there having fun you know and 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 you know i mean they're mad that they lost but it was it was good because that other team was better than us flat out Mm -hmm. and sometimes someone's just better than you yeah it's just the way it goes Mm -hmm. And and it, and you can't blame it on the wrath. <laughs> well, better it, than you. The or they're more neurotic. They have to be, right? No, they they were yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were just better. Wow. I was like. I was having more fun watching these kids on the other team because they knew what they were doing. I mean, they're like yelling out numbers and they're passing and shooting. And I'm like, mm, this is not us. We got something to strive for. Yeah, right. right.
0: That, well, there you go. I mean, it is right. something. To, how do you take that? Right. That, so this, this thing that I love, I know we didn't plan on talking about this today, but I love this subject. You guys probably know that about me. Looking at where the victim narrative starts because that's when the parents begin to in- integrate and domesticate their kids into thinking that the reason why things didn't go their way or they lost or right. had pain that day right. was someone else's fault. Yeah, and right. I mean, that, that can happen, right? There can be times that, that that definitely happens. But when we teach our kids that they, they, they shouldn't feel pain, that they shouldn't experience loss, where, again, this, is, this becomes the basis of addiction in some ways, is not... Being able to be uncomfortable.
2: Right. Or, or that it's okay. Right. Everything's
0: right. going to be all right. You, you, you,
2: we'll of, get you yeah. through this. Happiness. Happiness is overrated. Contentment <laughs> is the goal, right? Yeah. Mm. And, and, and a happy
0: pill will make everything
2: better. Right. Mm-hmm. There was a lovely podcast, that I can't remember the name of it, but it was about uh, something like. The prison of the back seat of the car. Oh,
0: um, we yes, and we it was
2: to, you talked to me about this. It, it, it was sort of dad talking to his child about the various things in the game that he sh- should have done. You know, when this happens, you've got to do it. And um, and the conclusion that was drawn was that, uh, you know. You get in the car and you say, hey, the scoreboard's over there and we're going home. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you. And I'm proud right. of you. Right. And I love to watch you play. Yeah. And mm. that's it. After the game.
3: No, that was it. When you walked in today, I was on my on the phone with my son because I hadn't talked to him. So mm. he had just called me. Mm. And he's like, yeah, the last part of the game, blah, blah, blah. We're just kind of talking. And I was like good job you know and it was cool because he i mean was mad he lost but Mm -hmm. i mean he he also recognized they were better (laughs) you know And, and 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 i love that because you know i i i see a lot of people i grew up in an area where you know all the parents everyone you know paid for everyone to have personal trainers and all this stuff and the reality of it is i mean now i mean i've been out of high school for a long time now not one of those kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway for Liverpool. <laughs> <Yeah. I> mean, <laughs> you know, and and all the stress and the meetings and all this and it's funny because luckily I don't know, maybe I was just blessed, but I I could kind of see through all that bullshit early on and I mm. I cared. I, I'm a very competitive person, don't get me wrong. Mm. But I also know when you know some, when somebody's just better. They just are, and mm-hmm. and you need to work harder. I mean, it's we were talking about kind of, you know, you kind of get stuck in the system and things. I mean, I there was times in school mm-hmm. where I struggled and different things. But when I got to college, I figured out that, okay, I can sit here and I can bitch and moan and complain and do all this stuff, but I'm still not going to get through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I had to, you know, pay for a tutor and i had to do all these extra things and i had to conform to it and it it pissed me off but i also knew that you know if i didn't do it i was going to be sitting there you know years down the road just mad at myself that i didn't you know didn't get through it my very first calculus class Mm -hmm. this is the funniest thing so i took it in the summer and it was one of those accelerated courses so it was like six weeks right right I hadn't had math in like a year so you know I was you know, I'm, I'm like oh, I'm gonna just bust this through whatever I walk in and walk in the back door sit down and it was one of those classes where there's like 300 people in there <laughs> and, and the you know the, the front the whiteboard thing is like a mile away and I walk in I'm sitting there and the ladies up there just you know going to town and I'm like No way! Like Mm -hmm. she's speaking a different language. I don't even know what the hell is going on. So I, I, you know, tried to study and do these things. I thought I knew what I was doing. First, first test came. It was like like three weeks into the into the semester, and I (laughs) started taking the test, and I left and went into the bathroom, and I'm like, well. Guess I'm taking this class again, you know, and I, because I, I I did not know what the hell to do, and so I went. I'm like, I at least got to go back and hand the test in. So I went in, totally failed the test, totally failed it. But, and I ended up, you know, having to drop the class and do a bunch of things. But, it it taught me like, okay, I can either. You know, say screw this, and math sucks, and I'm an idiot and I'm both. This. But I had to just figure it out, and I had two tutors, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I had a a neighbor that was a math teacher. I, uh, mm-hmm. but I had to figure it out, and mm-hmm. and I think that part of what happens with with society now is that we want the easy way out. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it just sucks, and you gotta work your ass off. Mm-hmm. That's
0: a lot of truth there. Not Amen. <laughs> no, Brad. <out. laughs> no Brad, You're you're a saint. You're a, you're a there. Saint. You go. Okay. All right. We're going to move on to the the next topic today, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is self care for bozos, um, and uh, that includes us and and people that especially work in any type of healthcare field, especially um, the addiction field, uh, because it's one of the things that um, if it's not. Discussed and not talked about. Um, I, I have uh, a daughter who's a, a nurse, and she sometimes, uh, like me, and probably it's where she learned it to b- burn the candle on both ends and think it's a badge of honor. and. Um, I you know this ties into some of the other things we've been talking about today but you know what do we teach our kids what's okay what's not okay how do we take care of ourselves um but professionals uh and what i mean for professional bozos need to also <laughs> you know be good to themselves be kind to themselves be be willing to take care of themselves when they need to and um i don't always do that well so yeah. sometimes i'm I'm not as good at it as I probably should be. And yeah. there's a shoulda, coulda, woulda.
1: But, but better. I've known you a long time. Uh, known me a long time. And and you've yeah. had opportunities to do that better. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, so, well, a heart attack will do that. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I've noticed, because I've worked with you for the past three years or so now, and I've known four and a half. Four, we've four, we've been together, we've been working together I, for four I and a half, I know. I just count days, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> but I've noticed the past year, you definitely... Have yeah. I mean you you are are more relaxed and I see you saying no to things and, and I have yeah. been practicing that, yeah. yes I have been practicing but when I first no. met you yeah you were twenty things going and I'm like this guy is gonna have a heart attack
0: <laughs> <laughs> then, then you did yeah you did yeah you know and and thanks for telling me <laughs> no I'm kidding you did probably in many ways voice that because we've known each other for much longer yeah, than was, the last yeah, have given it four and a four and half years, years <laughs> <right>? yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're off the hook Robert you're off the hook no um, I created that myself and I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking all the changes I've made over the past year and there's been all the diet changes and the food changes and i you know, speaking of stimulants, I've cut down my caffeine intake probably 90%. Um, I still do a little bit of it, uh, but it's rare, mainly from tea or I'll make decaf and uh, I'll pour just a, you know, a shot of the, the regular coffee into it. But I will confess today I actually had a cup of full strength right on. It was powered by people. I, I, but it, it, it sorry, it, it's about your the homemade. It's pressure. your home. <laughs> it's your home roasted uh, coffee, and I will there, that I'm okay to do that once in a while. Right. I don't it's got have good
1: antioxidants uh, in it. Yeah, yeah, and so
0: it's like I mean I've learned this that it's not all about stopping everything and and living this uh, life and um, you know I would even probably, I mean, I want to say this, but I, I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway, um, that I've, you know, uh, I've been cutting down my um, my cholesterol medication, and it has had a big effect on the, my thinking. I've been much clearer since I, I yeah. cut it down. Um, and I say I shouldn't say it because I haven't consulted with uh, my <laughs> cardiologist yet. <laughs> Don't tell him. But uh, yeah, no, I'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
1: maybe if you survive, if I if mean, I survive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I survive. No, we know
3: why. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I and you know, and I also, I mean, I do the other things. I take my blood pressure and uh, keep an eye on that, and I do all the things I'm supposed to be doing on that level but i appreciate you saying uh corey um the thing about saying no because i that was uh, one of my one of my issues and uh that goes back to that little not little bit uh, there's minimizing of people pleasing sure. you know wanting to be everything to all people and uh that's a slight problem
3: in itself I think we all have that. That's why we fall into this field. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just, oh, <laughs> why we are attracted to healthcare? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's open it up.
1: <laughs> well, I've, I've already heard there's going to be quietness, but um, the idea of self-care, um, <laughs> it, it it would have to start with self-awareness, right? And even talking about, you know, the transformations that you've made, Paul, um, you know we have we have some knowledge of it um but the awareness of um the necessity you know to to take care right Mm -hmm. um it gets it goes back to the other topic it gets so competitive right like um and it when I've talked to family members about the importance of, of self-care, you know, they say, "Well, how do you do that?" And I and I couldn't really say for for sure, right? Like, uh, well, put extra bubbles in your bubble bath, you know, or whatever that is. <laughs> um, but it is about saying no, and it's about saying yes as well. And and um, but it's it's difficult to do in this uh, competitive. Um, uh, arena, especially with addiction and I don't, won't mention names, but at a place in Northern California, uh, Paul and I opened up brought in a clinical director uh, from a different state a uh, psychologist mm-hmm. uh, um, and I remember uh, being down there and just go 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 and and on fire and very passionate and and then he's saying, "Whoa, slow down, slow down." And I said, "No, you don't understand this un- industry, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you got you got to do it and you got to do it like this. And if you ain't doing it like this, then they're gonna roll over you." And and he just looked at me and he said, "No, I won't do it that way." And it was very wise, yeah, you know. And and um, because I'd been in the uh, Addiction field for a while.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I really hadn't even transformed that, right? Like, this is the recovery process, but it, um, thinking that you have to do it a certain way and and then be able to reevaluate mm-hmm. and come back to you know not that immediacy but long term, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to continue on, but it's a it's a challenging thing to do because there's there's a lot of demands on us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a really good example, um, and I, I kind of forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But because I know it, that spun me out a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, "Oh no, no, we do need to do things a certain way." But um, he had been a mentor of mine, you know, for years mm-hmm. previously. So. I usually did did my best to listen when he kind of he spoke, you know.
1: Yeah, and I, I didn't. I thought, oh, you're in trouble, and <laughs> come to find out, maybe not. It may, maybe there yeah. was trouble, but it was might not have been him.
0: He he, he may have had some wisdom to his, a lot of his wisdom. thoughts. Yeah, yeah
1: he yeah. just said, no, that's addictive. I'm not going to approach it. But I had been doing addiction. Uh, in an addictive way or addiction counseling yeah. of course addiction in, in an addictive way but, no, no. but even no. that the um, running facilities you know this and, um, and it didn't take long for me to see the wisdom of it you yeah. know as I'm I'm uh, frazzled and, and bent and angry and frustrated you know here was this guy that was still you know doing um, and getting things done but not really you know the same kind of energy yeah. you know and yeah. so I don't I don't think I until recently have actually uh, so it's wisdom but I didn't apply yeah. it until lately right yeah.
0: So I'm I'm just going to go ahead and take a risk and say <clears throat> This is a shout out to you Chuck. You you taught us a lot. Thanks Chuck about how to be mindful and present when it comes to self-care.
3: Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm actually in the middle of of trying to be a chuck right now with somebody <laughs> which is funny because i'm i'm helping them kind of learn how to navigate this industry and kind of you know be able to have some wisdom and just sit back and see it and it, the reason it's ironic is because i'm teaching him that and i'm thinking huh like i uh, how do i know that and how because i was not that way and <laughs> And I re- I remember in 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 school like the very first one of the first classes I ever had in in social work stuff and they started talking about self care and I'm like the hell because I had, I'd gone to business school before I graduated in finance and that was just like you know I mean there was no taking a breath and my very first class they're like okay we're gonna talk about self-care and taking care of yourself i'm (laughs) like the hell am i in the wrong spot this is this is bizarre (laughs) and i remember thinking in my head oh i got this like this is you know that they're gonna be all foo-foo and kind of relaxed like this is gonna be easy and and then i started working and then i had i actually had a really good mentor too that that was like hey he'd worked in it for 30 something years and he every time I met with him, I met with him every week for supervision, and every time I met with him, he'd start off with, "You know what? What self care did you do this week?" Mm-hmm. And at first, I had to be like, like almost make shit up because I'm like, well, I don't know, I, you know, I, <laughs> extra bubble, <in> <laughs> yeah, <in the> because <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know, and I and I was yeah. also in the mode of trying to prove myself, you know, I was trying to.
0: I bought the small fries. Yeah.
3: <laughs> then I I learned, you know, and then that, what that mentor actually switched. And then um the the mentor I had was very very into self-care and very into like mindfulness and and DBT therapy and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and really and I I grasped onto that stuff and it still took me a while. I'm still learning it now, but i mean it's funny we brought this up because just yesterday i was i was up at uni Uh, you know i was seeing the client and i spent probably an hour up there and you know i'm just in business mode talking and going through stuff and getting stuff done and just organizing all of it and then i go out and i get my car and kind of sit there and take a deep breath and i'm like fuck this is rough shit because not only was i, I was seeing somebody that, that i really cared about it wasn't just just wasn't just business and you know it 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 kind of hit me and then you know just kind of I, I took a different way back to work yeah, <laughs> and, yeah and and you know i just instead of turning one way i went the other way and just kind of drove and grabbed a drink and and you know by the time i got back to work I just got back into the swing of things but I I you know I, I realize that I, I can it's it can again going back to it, it still can suck it's okay mm-hmm. it's sad and I'm gonna make it and then I went for a long run <laughs> 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 and, and you know and, and now even thinking of it now because I haven't thought much of it since then but it's you know I mean we if we don't do things and we're not even this even us hanging out and talking mm-hmm. this is right. good self care because. Right. Right. We're able to talk about things yeah. and mm-hmm. you know feel each other and see right. each other connection and yeah connection yeah and and if we don't do that it, it's it, it's dangerous. I mean I've worked now in this. I mean you guys have too. You can see the cycles of the turnover of the people in our industry mm-hmm. and especially in Salt Lake. It's a, it's a small industry, so we we're with them, right? I mean I've seen you know especially in like the the marketing. Filled that we call of, of mm. substance abuse right. I mean I've seen this cycle of probably five groups of people and they all come in and they're gung-ho and they're going to change the world and they're doing this and I've got this idea right and all these things and then about four or five months they started to taper off and within a year it's gone and then mm. you have like this low for a while and there's this new cohort it's like yeah. it's like it's, high school all over again it's true <laughs> mm-hmm. it's very true and 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 The ones that make it, because there's some that are still there. The ones that make it figure out that you gotta have some boundaries. You gotta have some healthy stuff. You gotta say no, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and and you can't please. It's okay to be like, you know what? Maybe you know, maybe this isn't gonna work, or maybe this. You have to, you have to be realistic. Yeah, and you can't promise, or else you're gonna sink. Mm -hmm. You are. A
2: little bit of truth there Mm -hmm. bringing on bringing the truth down yeah yeah it's good stuff i'm listening to you guys channeling your chucks (laughs) (laughs) and this is it it's uh, i was i was thinking back um before i before i practiced addiction medicine i was a critical care physician for um a decade and um that involved you know trauma sepsis burns yeah. all sorts of forms of injury uh, and uh, illness that people were requiring life support yeah. and you know um, very acute intervention and many times enormous amounts of you know blood transfusion and support and um, a whole triage a- environment. Oh, I, I, you know, I mean, there were times I would be at a single patient's, literally at the bedside for, you know, six eight hours. Mm-hmm. They were just that sick, and um, and you got a unit of twenty four people, mm-hmm. and we were on call a month at a time, and um, so literally. You could be in the hospital for seventy-two, ninety-six mm-hmm. hours, seeing things. You yeah, uh, know, and when I went to treatment, they talked to me about trauma, and you know, seeing some of the things that that, that I saw during those those times. Um, and I think the thing that that was that was the most difficult was when we would lose somebody and walking to the waiting room and the family sort of standing up, you know, to to meet you with this kind of, you know, give us some some good news, you know. Right. And and having to tell them that that you had done everything you could do Mm -hmm. and you hadn't been able to save them. And right after that, you're onto the next crisis, right. and, and there was never any sort of <laughs> "Are you okay?" You know, um, and I think I think there were people who were well suited for it. Um, I think <laughs> technically <laughs> I was, emotionally I wasn't. Right? Yeah. Um, I find that the the thing I struggle. With, I mean, I. My my business has been through this, this sort of transitional transitional period, we'll euphemistically call it. Um and it's actually settling out nicely and 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 that's terrific. But I mean it has been enormously um enormously difficult with long hours and and learning things that, that I you know, I don't know. I, you know you literally have to build a medical practice from the ground up mm-hmm. um, and maintain the ability to provide care while you're doing it um, and the financial stresses and those things um i mean it's been it's been a really difficult a really difficult two year period for <clears throat> me and i you know i um, I have little to add in terms of self care because I think I, <laughs> I have I have just it. Yeah. Well, I, I remember. I mean, we
0: talked about this right before, right before we came in to yeah. to do the show today yeah. um, about you know heading south and getting out into the desert. And right. one one of the first conversations <laughs> you and I had, Robert, was about your trip from after the conference in st george last oh, year yeah, yeah. how you traveled through all those back roads and yeah, and, and and did yeah. that and i that was the first thing i thought of when you told me that because that's that that's the area it's that start, i right. go down to 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 totally yeah. disconnect from everything yeah. because as frustrating as it can be you know you're not going to have a lot of phone signals down there and so right. it's it's right. a perfect opportunity to you know separate and cut off from yeah. All the things that are constantly um, at our our toes, biting at our toes. Yeah, um, that that we we step into. I mean, it's our our responsibility. So I, I get that. I get that. That you know, there we need to take the time to do that. We need yeah. to find those places and ways and. Yeah um being a guy who grew up on the ocean i I, that's where i used to do it as a kid and an adolescent but i learned to do it in the desert in the same way be able to disconnect and become part of nature
2: right
0: and and i mean i'll say this in a healthy way lose myself yeah or at least the identity of who i think i am for long enough that i i recharge that's
3: what i do when i run because i I run in the mountains you're you're a mountain runner yeah and I mean, even this past week, even at, at work, you know, we had some news that hey, you know, this following week we gotta get ready and kind of get ready for this huge inspection, and which wasn't supposed to be till July. It's gonna be next week. And thank you, Jayco. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, it, it stress, right? And so we're all under stress, and we're just you know making sure everything's ready, and it's really more the stress of. of stressing about stress because you know we're already ready that's what happens you're continually ready it's just the stress of oh crap did we do this did we check this right and so I came home and you know I was you know just doing my thing and all of a sudden it was like 8.30 at night and I'm like I've got to go for a run this was Wednesday night and it was rainy snowy and I put all my stuff on and my wife's like where are you going (laughs) I'm going running I'll see you later and so I'm Gone, you know, and and I'm getting further and further away from. There's a bunch of trails that I run, but I took another way that I knew was going to be further because I was feeling pretty good. Well, then I hit snow and <laughs> and I didn't have a headlamp and it. But what was funny is, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm actually getting back down to my car. It's around ten o'clock and 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 actually, side story in the middle of all this, I, I phone rings. And I'm listening to a podcast as I'm running. I get back down to where there's reception, and my phone rings. And I look down, somebody I work with. I'm like, "Hello," and he's like, "Hey," like asking me for something for this this audit that we have coming up. And I said, "Like, he's like, can you email me this?" I'm like, "Dude, I am like, you don't even know where I'm at. I can't even explain this right now." And he and he says to me, "What's wrong with you?" And I said, "You know what?" I said, "Actually." I said, "You're still there worrying about that and working." <laughs> I said, "I'll be good to go in the morning," <laughs> right. and I was. And yeah. and it wasn't that I was putting it off and not thinking about it. I just needed to to clear my mind and going out in talk the about saying no. Yeah, to right? say
0: no. Yeah, and and
3: but going out in the middle of nowhere and and no headlamp at night, I got lost a couple times, which was a little kind of weird because there's no leaves on all the scrub oak yet <laughs> and so they're all you know yeah, right. so you're just going all of a sudden wait there's i don't know where i'm at hike back up <laughs> yeah. it's kind of fun but i got my mind off of off of everything else and then the next morning i was i was good to go yeah mm-hmm. i i love that because it, it, you
1: know so i'd i'd go see my uh, therapist and He's like, how's it going? I'm like, ah, you know, this is stressing me out. You know, I'd say, Lighthouse, Lighthouse is stressing me out. And he goes, Lighthouse, what the hell's it doing? <laughs> you know? And he goes, You mean you're, 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 you know, uh, experiencing your stress, right? And I was like, oh, but we, you know, we, this is stressing me out. And there's that self care, know yourself, right? and it, it's not it was never lighthouse the stress it was right. my stress that i projected onto lighthouse that was very helpful right yeah. like to um for me to to start to um take care of myself early recovery it was meditation right you know that did it for me and in fact um three stepdaughters and um i'd come home and i was frazzled and you know just getting over that little drug drug-induced schizophrenia thing you know <laughs> um uh, and and i walk in and 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 i say i gotta meditate and they go yes please you know (laughs) like they they can feel it right (laughs) to to de-stress but that to know yourself and um that to me is brilliant that running you know like um i don't know a better way you know than to just go and and get into your body right like i'm somewhat jealous i used to be a runner and 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 now it's Difficult because I got a lot of technology and I got to carry a generator well, the, to run it off. No, I'm <laughs> yeah,
3: but this is the cool thing.
1: There's this new. I mean, there, good thing you got a van, no, mean, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, truck. Sorry,
3: truck. No. Running though, I mean, it, it's it's evolved. Like running used to be, you know, throw on some running shoes and run onto the street and, and just you know run. Trail running, it's a whole different game. Hmm. I mean, you're not running at a pace all the time sometimes you're power hiking sometimes you're scrambling over logs sometimes you're running and some you know mm-hmm. sometimes you're going downhill and you're trying to just not to fall, fall yeah, you're br- over. more braking
0: yeah yeah well,
3: right and, and the, i think that's i mean it's tur- it's taken off i mean there it mm-hmm. so many people are are trail running and it's gone from this kind of little grassroots thing that sponsors are starting to jump in now and it's mm-hmm. kind of getting kind of getting crazy but there's something to be said about going out in the middle of nowhere with just some shoes and you know just and sometimes i listen to a podcast sometimes i'd go nothing sometimes you know mm-hmm. okay. it's it it's it, it's weird because i never thought that i'd ever be like that type of person i didn't grow up as a runner or anything mm-hmm. like that right. it all of a sudden but i i love it like even right now i'm thinking i you know I, probably be able to get home tonight and still be able to go before dark you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and it's it's probably some sort of an addiction. <laughs> no, I, but it's a yeah, good one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course, if you if it's gonna
3: make you feel good. Right. It makes you right. feel happy. But
1: it, it's interesting, you got all this stress at this work of this perceived danger, right? The stress is, is some kind of perceived right. danger. And and your solution is to actually go out and get in some, right? Like yeah. without a headlamp, running up in the mountains in <laughs> the snow, it's,
3: you know. It it's, danger if it, I mean
1: yeah that's my wife right. if
3: she listens to this she's gonna be like what
1: yeah <laughs> but it's good at least you're not you know killing yourself off perceived danger <laughs> right. and it's actual danger <laughs> right so. i think uh, one of the things for me
2: that i've sort of learned over um since getting in recovery as a as a doc i initially worked at, at fourth street clinic and i i would leave that clinic some days and I mean I would get in my car and I would cry mm. because there were there were just unsolvable problems right uh beyond I, your scope I could yeah. I could right, um and and what that really ultimately reflected was a misunderstanding of my role
0: no mm. oh. um, right yeah.
2: that um that, that that i'm I'm not there to solve the problems yeah. of, of of everybody and and make all of their wildest dreams come true. I'm there to be present with somebody uh, I'm there to kind of witness their their situation um, that when I am spiritually fit. I don't really know what the fuck that means, but I know when I am. Yeah,
0: that's a great way to put it. I don't um, know exactly what it means, but I know when I am.
2: Yeah. Then, then, then I can be a conduit. I mean, I, yeah. I don't, I don't. For me, you know, this stuff I do as a doctor. I mean, I've memorized doses of drugs and this and that. But the most important thing that that I do as a as a doctor now is be. A channel for some sort of healing, hope, light um, and and that's my role mm-hmm. you know And as part of that, I have to ha- I have to watch how much energy, how much of their energy is is being taken on by me. Uh, yeah. And how much of my energy I'm giving away to them. Yeah. You know? And and I don't mean that in a mean way. I don't no. mean to be stingy, but it's very easy to sort of let 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 somebody's desperate situation suddenly become me feeling like I frantically need to answer all of these questions. Yeah. And and similarly, in, in trying to give them hope and tell them the answers, you just you just wind up exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, and drained. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I really I relate to that a bunch because I've gone yeah. through that yeah. transition. And yeah. when I first started working in this, I worked with um, not only with uh, the people struggling with substance abuse but also their children mm. so like and it was a whole family dynamic and I would do everything I could to help them out I mean whether it was buy them some shoes or get the mom a haircut or you know trying to do all right. those things and and then you know finding out that all that didn't really fix them right Right. <laughs> and, and so years down the road I've, I've figured out exactly what you said where you have to kind of it's not your responsibility if they make it or not i mean you help them and you're gonna be a conduit for it yeah but if it doesn't happen it's not your fault and and i've actually struggled i still struggle sometimes where i feel guilty Mm -hmm. because i feel like okay i I should care more because i find myself over the past couple years where it's like all right you know i'm 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 gonna do the work but if you don't you know, i'm more harsh i think than i used to be right like if you're not going to pull your weight right see you later i think i'm working harder than yeah. you are yes yeah. right? and, and sometimes is that i'm harsh or is that just having it, better boundaries it is no and that's what i mean is i i have <laughs> su- such better boundaries now than i ever have whether it's work family or different mm-hmm. things and i mean if i if even if there's a family situation and I can see the drama and I can feel the drama mm-hmm. and I can feel the energy sucking towards me, mm-hmm. I, I'm out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, I sometimes will get grief about why didn't you do this or why this? And it's, I, I, it, it's weird. Cause I just have a better boundary. Mm-hmm. And then I start and I think, should, should I have cared or should I do this? But, right. but I'm not protecting myself mm-hmm. because,
1: right.
3: you know, I mean, I, I have. this is my response always, is I have enough all-day drama coming at me, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing my best to absorb right. whoever's in this and that. And if I can control one other one where it's not going to get me, right. that's one less thing I have to worry mm-hmm. about. <laughs> and and I've learned that it's, it's protected me. And sometimes I have to actually let some of that down because I think sometimes I'm, I'm too rigid with it. Like... Oh, you're kind of giving me something, get away, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I sometimes will be driving down the road thinking, oh shit, should I have, you know, cared more about that or should mm-hmm. I have done this? But I, I do think it's just because I have stronger boundaries and I've learned to like those. Mm-hmm. And pick, pick moments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a, a big difference between available
1: and responsible. Yeah. And, and yes. boy, I that's, you know, when there's you, some truth there. Yeah. Right. When I get, you know, attached to this identity of of I'm the healer, right? And somebody's not healing then that's not good, right? right. Um I just uh laughing inside my head, you know, because I'd said that before, you know, well, I think I'm working harder than you are, right? Like, that's a bad thing for, like, they're not doing what they should. Right. And now I realize it's like, <laughs> I was just telling on myself, like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm, I've lost myself. I'm yeah. do, I'm working, right. you know. Yeah. You you keep doing what you're doing, it's fine, but I've got to stop, right. you know, being responsible for you. and And it's such a, in this industry specifically, it's the thing. It's like, um, uh, doing interventions and IOP and inpatient, it's like people bring you their loved one and say, Thanks. "All right, now you be responsible." Right, <laughs> and and we do, you know, and and companies do and i and i don't know if that's a uh there's just not a lot of longevity into that you know i mean it's well you burn uh, out burn out and 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 it just creates... you know the neurosis when people are can see that the their their suffering has purpose right, right? like it's the neurosis. Carl Jung says neurosis is really the the gateway to our freedom. Yeah. Now that's not an exact quote. That's my interpretation of it. It's an excuse for legitimate suffering. Uh, uh, right.
0: It's, well, it's what one of the quotes. Yeah.
1: Right. And so you have, you know, people who struggle with addiction or eating disorders, bulimia, anorexia, and and um, if we can stop getting responsible and and really just be present with them and, and available, uh, Um, the need for our self-care goes down because we're not overdoing but you know it's if we're available we can hold up uh, a perspective that even that's okay whatever the problem is um if you get the message what's it pointing you to and we talked about this earlier with maybe it's the wrong job maybe it's you know um but i got caught in the i've got to fix you right and um you know that started when I got sober. You know because there was that energy at the treatment center, like do what we tell you to do,
3: and and you'll be okay. You'll be fixed, right? But you also want to share it, like because right. I, I, that's how I. You know I've like, mm-hmm. hey, I I was able to crawl out. Like let me help you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you're eager and you feel good about it. And but then all of a sudden it's like, wait, right? The other cliche. <laughs> well, if I can do it,
1: anyone can do it, right? <laughs> wait that's not true <laughs> that is so not true if i can do it anybody if i can do it anybody can and i
0: i mean because i was such a sorry soul yeah you know. I was such
3: a pathetic right. blah 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 <laughs> but you know most people well, not most but the majority of people that are in this field you know are in recovery themselves and so of some kind if yeah not some kind the, yeah whether it's drugs, drugs yeah. or whatever there, there's mm-hmm. you know we're and so we depression, all depression, anxiety, eating disorders. You can just right. And, and I think I'm addicted to oxygen. Oxygen. Yeah, right. you're probably more dependent on it. Than I think addicted. I. am yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, dependent. Yeah. That's different.
3: <laughs> I'm going to go for
1: two totally
0: laps. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: But I do know really, how you can get some. Do you control? Oxygen? Yeah. Have difficulty
2: controlling the amount. Yeah. Do you of you have of consequences. consequences? Yeah. <laughs> That's
3: what meditation is all about. <laughs> Regulating oxygen. I actually heard so. There's this, um, there's this guy of this podcast I've been listening to, and he is a freak of nature. He's a, his name's David Goggins. If you haven't heard of him, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, the guy is just incredible story. I mean, it's cool, but he's got this personality of just if if I can if I want to run through that wall, I'll run through that wall, and he'll do it. He's just he's just one of those guys. But he um, has this this thing where he always says, you know, I, I live my I live my life like it's the first day of, of a job every day, and meaning that hey, you know, when you know, when your first day of your job, first week of your job, you're eager, you're you know, trying to do everything right, and you're you know, busting your ass, and as later comes down the road, you kind of get content and you just you know, figure out where you lay. So I've, I've heard that, and I've actually been kind of really motivating guy, and I've been thinking, you know, I gotta do that more. I'm kind of in a, a coast mode, you know, with with my career and things. And and then just the other day, I was actually thinking, no, like I'm not like I'm actually in a healthy situation because, you know, when I was first working this, I would drop it. I'd go midnight go meet with somebody, and you know, meet on a Sunday and in the evening, mm-hmm. and you know, I'd wow. you know skip work and do all these things and now you know i mean i definitely help a lot of people and i definitely mm-hmm. can, you know will will think but i control my time and mm-hmm. you know and i also know that by me dropping everything at 3 in the morning you know it's it's okay if we wait till 9 tomorrow <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, but and, they might change their mind right <laughs> right and and uh, but yeah, i've that's learned good to know. <laughs> I've, I've learned even even talking to you know cuz a lot of my job what once the client gets in is dealing with the family whether it's a spouse or a a mother or a father and so i i deal with a lot of those calls and that first week week and a half of somebody that's been so dependent you know codependent by helping their their loved one that's been struggling with addiction and now they're in a treatment center i mean the calls that i get and the stuff that i have to deal with are amazing you know Mm -hmm. i mean it's just like Oh, I was just cleaning his room and you know, I can't find his other shoe and I want to know if he has it. Right. What?
0: <laughs> you know. And, and you, you learn about the you learn about the family's enmeshment really yeah, quickly. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and so yeah. what I've learned that you know, I mean I can't attend to all of their voicemails. You know, I'll call you later in the evening, but I'm not going to call you and say, "Oh, I found his shoe in his bag." Like, (laughs) there's nothing to do with anything. Mm -hmm. And and I used to do that. I'd make sure I'd get everything in before you know. And now what I do is usually on my way home, is I'll you know answer the voicemails. And what's funny that I've learned is if I wait till the end of the day on some of those, that anxiety's passed, Mm -hmm. and they just want to now talk about. Oh, I'm so grateful that this isn't going on. And, and it's a better mm-hmm. conversation than meeting him at the unhealthy moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the next voicemail. Found right. a shoe.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, where's now his, I can't shirt? Put his watch?
3: <laughs> Does he have his watch on? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Those are I get those calls more right. than you know.
0: <laughs> he left his phone here. That's
3: good. Yeah. <laughs> watch that <in> the toilet. <laughs>
0: oh my God. All right.
1: Well, this feels like self-care. It is. You mentioned don't you? I think mm-hmm. this is. I mean, and, this is our and, theory. And I would add into that, like, uh, uh, comrades, fellowship, yeah. friends. Because yeah. I, I got caught in the, um, I, well, I, you know, I, I got caught in the idea or the identity of I'm a counselor. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh and it served me well, so, but I took that into some of my friendships, or all of them, and <laughs> and they drop off after a while. You, well, know, you start
3: telling them uh, they borderline, unwanted therapy. Yeah, it does. I think you might be yeah. borderline. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might have this. I think you might do this. Yeah,
1: and it, and it's affected me negative in this way. Yeah, but but to to let it all go, right? Like you know, um, self care for the helping professional, right? Quit being professional. That's that's that's, that's helpful, fight. right? Drop it all.
0: Um, you Realize know. you're just another, another bozo. bozo. Yeah, we're yeah. on the bus. Yeah,
1: I was thinking of that too. And and <laughs> and then when you get to that, take the nose off the bozo, right? Yeah,
3: like even right. drop that too. Okay, right. hey, sometimes I'm sitting with a family. Yeah, I'm sure we can all relate to this. And you know, they're I'm talking to them, and I'm telling them about treatment, or I'm helping them with their loved one, whatever it is. And then I have that part in my mind and i'm like they don't even know me like (laughs) (laughs) and they're like i could tell them you know like it's dangerous you know because i I could be like hey you know this this and this and they will eat it up because Mm. they're so trusting in that moment and And it's such
0: a crisis situation for many families right and
3: and then i think to myself i'm like like i have to kind of bring myself back and be like look and i always will let them know hey i'm 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 no different than you, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) please don't put more faith in me than needs to be. You Mm -hmm. know, I know that I'm the the face of this, that's going on right now, but I, again, I'm just a conduit. I'm not Mm -hmm. the one that's responsible for your loved one making it. It's up to them. I'm going to guide them. I'm going to give them tools. I'm going to help them out. But ultimately it's up to them.
2: I avoid pedestals. You know, I find that people are constantly trying to sort of Mm -hmm. put, me on a pedestal of some sort and there's only one way to go from there yeah mm-hmm.
3: exactly nah. because yeah. when when shit goes south right then you're the one they're blaming so then and, I, and I don't want that like it's mm. again it's not my fault he didn't make it <laughs> i can't i can't accept the success mm, yeah. and i can't accept the failure
2: that's either. why
3: i'm just okay being normal i'm okay being a bozo that's it. It's <laughs>
2: good to be a bozo
0: today <laughs> <It> definitely is <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Wow, what an afternoon. It was good. It yeah, was Very nice. Really good to see you. all.
2: enjoyed seeing all of you, too. Yeah,
0: yeah we'll, uh, we'll be back in a couple months. Um, I am going to be taking some time away from this, uh, this project, this, this podcast. This summer, I'm going to be working on, um, I hope this, this all comes together, but working on a podcast with my father-in-law, um, Nick Nickel, uh about Alta. Cool. Um, and there are a lot of people that were instrumental in the development of, of Alta that are getting older. And uh, he has an interest in interviewing these people and their stories about Alta before they cool. they pass. I and he's one of them, to actually. To that. That's cool. So I think the first episode will be me interviewing him. And then uh, we'll kind of move
3: on to him more interviewing some well, of these people. Well, they're one of the only, like private little ski resorts left that's out there it's I mean, true. all of them been gobbled up it's, by these corporations yeah. and and, and it, it for those of you that don't know of alta it does have a different feel it does i mean you pass snowbird and you get there and it's like yeah.
0: huh, it's like, like <laughs> it's like showing up in a little
1: town office yeah, it's, in a it's way it's fun you know?
3: it's cool you know, what is this This strange place even so. in the summer like it, it's just a cool well we place. should go buy one should we all do that? Go what? buy a ski resort. Let's do it. That sounds like <laughs> fun. I got some extra disposable yeah. income. Do <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: all right. Um, so um, we will go out as we usually do. I thank all you guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks all our Bozo listeners. We'll see you in a couple months. Next week, Todd, Sylvester, and I will be chatting about a few things. Um, and then... Uh, the week after that I think David Frascone will be on and then I'll be on a break for a little bit uh, and uh, we'll go from there thanks good you luck. all for listening Thank we will go out as we usually do with little Joan Osborne have a good week